With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. The week of Monday, November 18th, 2019. As always, I am your host, Robert Viejos, and I'm joined this week by... Absolutely nobody. This is the often dreaded solo show. Where it's just me, myself, the mic, and you guys hopefully listening to me. Scheduling was an absolute nightmare this week. A lot of important stuff going on with a lot of the guys... So we couldn't have our normal show, but we definitely wanted to get something to you. So I apologize. This doesn't happen that often. It hasn't happened really in quite some time. So hopefully we don't make this a regular thing. Because I know it can be a little grating just hearing one person talk constantly without any other feedback. But if you do want to give some feedback to the show, there are some ways to do that. Go ahead and send us an email. The email address is mmalivecast at gmail.com. That's M-M-A-L-I-V-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at MMATorch. That's at M-M-A-T-O-R-C-H. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash MMATorchFans. All right, guys. Well, what is there to talk about this week? I would say there's nothing else to talk about except for a god-awful UFC show. And that was the UFC coming your way from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, you know, for such an important market... For the UFC, they, uh, I would say they deserve a refund after the card they were given this Saturday. We knew last week as we spoke about it that it probably wasn't going to be a great card, but I don't think anyone can have anticipated how bad specifically the main card turned out to be. I'm just going to kind of run it down quickly. There's not a lot to break down here because it was that mind numbing of a card. The main event saw Jan Blakovich defeating Jacare Souza by split decision, 48-47, 47-48, and 48-47. So Jan gets the win here. Neither guy really seemed too ready to engage over here. This was the big debut at light heavyweight for Jacare. And he continues the traditions of middleweights debuting at light heavyweight and not going well. But at least he didn't get just obliterated. And we're talking about his retirement. That didn't happen, but maybe it should after this fight. 
just nothing to see here, guys. And that was the the tone of this entire card, unfortunately, where there was nothing to see. This was not one of those sleeper cards that you're going to feel better for watching it, even though everyone else doubted that it wasn't going to be any good. Anyone who told you this wasn't going to be any good, they turned out to be absolutely 100% right. The co-main event was even more frustrating as we had Mauricio Shogun Hua and Paul Craig fighting to a split draw, which is a very, very painful card. 29-28, 28-29, and 28-28. That is as bad as it gets as far as a fight goes. And, and again, this fight, there just wasn't much to it. And after the fact, Shogun talked about he wanted to run this fight back, that maybe they deserve a replacement on this to, to you know do it once again and get a definitive winner. After watching this fight, I don't think we need any more of these two in the octagon with each other whatsoever. The lone finish on the main card came from Charles Oliveira, defeating Jared Gordon. 126 of the first round, KO due to punches. So the submission expert, Charles Oliveira, has now two wins that he hasn't finished by submission. He's done it on strikes. But at least you can say the guy finishes fights. And he's on a nice, nice little win streak, very quietly. You know, we don't think about him as a top-tier guy. He last lost in December of 2017 to Paul Felder. That great UFC 218 card. That was a really good card, and this one kind of got buried. He lost TKO to Albos on that card. But since then, he took out Clay Guida in the summer of 2018. Christos Gygos got it in September. Jim Miller in December. David Tamer in February. And most recently, Nick Lentz back in May with that uh, that TKO due to punches. So nice little run here for the veteran Oliveira. I say veteran because it feels like he has been around for a while, and he has. He's only 30 years old, though. So it feels like we have some upside for a guy that has seemingly been around and treaded water a little bit. Not like his his uh, career has been bad, but he's never really gained that super momentum to uh, to the top of the card. And I don't really know if he's going to do that here, but he's putting together a heck of an impressive win streak and should be commended for such. We also had Andre Munoz defeating Antonio Arroyo by unanimous decision, and Wellington Thurman defeating Marcus Perez also by unanimous decision. The only other finishes on the card were James Krause getting Sergio Moraes with a KO due to punches on the prelims. You had Ricardo Ramos defeating Luis Eduardo Gregorori due to rear naked choke submission, and Randy Brown beating Walry Alvarez with a submission victory of his own in the second round. The other probably notable thing from this card is that we had another loss for Hennen Barrow. This time he loses Douglas Silva de Andrade. Hennen Barrow, man, what a fall from grace he has had. And as we talked about last week with Greg Monsi, there was a time when he was the man, and, and that kind of sounds crazy, but he went from May of 2005 all the way till February 1st, 2014 without a loss. And that is that is unbelievable. He did have a no contest, kind of a weird deal, where he was rendered unable to continue. But, you know, no real losses going through the WEC in its dying days up through to the UFC and, you know, really being sort of touted as that guy, you know, the pound-for-pound pound best in the world and, and all that weird year that 2014 was. But since then, he's got the loss to Dillashaw. He's got the second loss to Dillashaw, Jeremy Stevens. Altamont Sterling, Brian Kelleher, Luke Sanders, and this one. So he's just basically lost to everybody he's faced that's been of note in uh, in his wake. And others that aren't of note, you know, Luke Sanders, we know about him from Becky Lynch fame, but but really, in reality, who is he? He, uh, he being Hennon Barrow, 
only 32 years old. So that's a very, very quick fall from Grace. He's not super old. You know, he's not one of these guys that's in his late 30s that, that's hanging out for dear life. He's at 32. A lot of guys are still in their prime at 32. But as I mentioned, been fighting professionally since 2005. That's basically since he was 18 years old. He's been he's been fighting professionally, and that'll take its toll on you. And he was never the most exciting fighter, even even in his prime. And now, it's a uh, it, it, he's really gone downhill. And he, he continues to be early parts of these uneventful prelim cards that we see him popping up. Like wow, Henan Burrell is on there. And at some point, I think we're gonna have to stop mentioning that he was once such a hot prospect and just mention what a shot veteran he has turned out to be. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk. Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that was the basic rundown of UFC San Paolo. I get it. It wasn't the greatest analysis I just gave there, but there's really not a lot to talk about. And you can only do so much banging on the table about how boring those top two fights were. So I don't feel like today spending a lot of time on that. But I will read an email from our good friend, old reliable Brian Bruce. He says, well, this was a pretty boring fight card from Brazil. For most of the main event, it looked like neither guy wanted to pull the trigger. The co-main was a draw, but a loss for the fans in my mind. I don't think there's anything important that can be taken from this card as a whole. Nothing big the next two weeks, so I guess the best I can come up with as a question is how confident are you that the Jones versus Reyes fight happens early next year? I'm fairly confident in that, Brian. Because as we talked about on the show, it seems like John Jones is perfectly content at the moment of just sticking at light heavyweight. He's not going to have the big super fight at heavyweight. It looks like they're going to run back steep at Cormier 3 anyway. So any of those big fights might be tied up for a little while. And John Jones, as we've seen the last year or so, he wants to get in there. He wants to fight. He wants to get, you know, perhaps some of those paydays that he missed out on for so many years. And I think Reyes is the obviously the next guy to uh to to be there Corey anderson has made his case now pretty solidly but it's much more likely that reyes is going to be the guy johnny walker was kind of tapped for that position but we saw what Corey anderson did to him so i would say early next year john jones has fought there a couple of times in in the early part of the year and and uh, there's not a lot booked out for 2020 
2020 seems like a fairly open canvas at this point. UFC right now is not booking so far out as far as announced fights like they used to in the past where everything would be booked out so far in advance. And uh, and f- quite frankly, they don't really need to because they don't really promote things till we get there. You know, we, we got a couple of, of cards coming up with, with a sparse month and then you, you go on and there's not like a big title fight booked for these these upcoming cards. So a John Jones Jose Reyes seems perfectly logical for uh, for early next year if that happens. And of course if John Jones can can keep everything together, which so far he has, believe it or not, been able to do. It's not been without controversy obviously, but he has been able to make it to the octagon when he's been scheduled. Even if you have to move states, he's been able to get into the octagon. So we can't really take that away from him. So I would say what pretty good confidence that that fight actually happens. Brian goes on with the rest of his email. I guess I have a wrestling question too. I took the kid to a live raw for the second time in two months, a week or so ago. Um, apologize uh, to, to your son for having to sit through that. There was a cage match after the TV portion ended, which being, which mean that they had to put up a cage. I assumed it would last some time, but the fiend, AKA Bray Wyatt, AKA IRS's other son. Yikes. Won in less than five minutes. Is that type of thing common sent from Brian Bruce? It's not common, Brian, but I have heard stories of that happening. Now, there's like that infamous thing from 10 years ago where there was actually a dark match, Hell in a Cell, with like six guys in it. It was kind of that Cena, Orton, CM Punk um, main event scene from the early part of this decade. And from what I understand from that whole situation, they had a Hell in a Cell coming up not too far from there. And the production crew need basically needed to get some reps on setting up the hell in a cell. So they put it in a dark match. I would say though, in general, the dark match main events, they tend to be rather short. You know, they're, they're there, they're advertised. The, the classic way of promoting is, you know, you, you do the TV taping forever and you keep the Hulk Hogan main event as the one guy that doesn't come out to keep people in the building to keep the seats filled for the main event. And then you have the big Hulk Hogan main event that everybody is on their feet for. Even SmackDown a couple of years ago was doing this when they were doing 205 Live right after SmackDown. They would put on like a Daniel Bryan match or something like that in the main event. And generally those wouldn't last that that long. They're, they're pretty basic. They're even more basic than your regular house show made event. So no matter what, I wouldn't expect much from a dark match made event. And I really wouldn't expect a lot from a cage match made event because if it's supposed to be this brutal type of match, I don't think they're going to be taking a ton of risks in a dark main event at a TV tape. And then the Fiend really shouldn't be involved in long matches at all. So I'm going to guess if, I don't know, uh, Brian, if it was advertised locally that way as just a bit of a hook to get people in the building. Was it a production thing where they needed to work on how they're going to shoot the cage or how they're going to lower it? Or was it just a random thing? I don't know. So I would say that's not typical, but it definitely happens at television tapings. Well, we don't got a UFC to break down this week and the Bellator card. I think a little, these a little bit to be desired. So let's talk about some other things that happen in the world of pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. Big news today and recording this a little later than normal. So we get to catch some of the Monday news. But we have a major retirement in MMA. Ben Askren has announced his retirement from mixed martial arts. Apparently, he's dealing with quite a few injuries. He, he went on Ariel Hawani's show and said, I'm retiring from the sport of mixed martial arts, and frankly, I'm retiring from everything. I've been having hip problems, and I am finally had the discussion with my doctor, and I actually got the MRI before my last fight, and I need a hip replacement. 
this is it for me. I've been thinking about this for a week and kind of what I was going to say. Really, I've just been filled with gratitude of how great of a career I've been able to have, even though at the end it did not turn out to go my way. A little hat tip to Damon Martin of MMA Fighting for that transcription over there because I haven't had time to actually write that out. I have listened to portions of the interview with Ariel, but haven't had time to write that out. So thanks, Damon, over at there at MMA Fighting for doing that. But yeah, so here we are at the end of Ben Askren's career once again, of course, he did retire back in 2017 when he was done with one, but it took about a year. And then he came finally, after all this time, to the UFC. And he went one and two in the UFC. And what a what a one and two it was. And everybody knows the story. He had that weird phantom tap from Robbie Lawler at UFC 235. He had the, uh, the KO that launched, literally launched Jorge Masvidal into superstardom, and he had his recent fight with Damon Maya, which was probably a better fight than it had any business being, but in the end, he lost the technical submission. He also went on to tell Helwani that he basically needs a hip replacement, so that obviously that's a major thing. He's not as young of a guy anymore. He's 35, so it probably seems like a good time to exit. What a complicated legacy, though, that this dude is going to have. Because while he did eventually come to the UFC, he, he's more in the mold of guys that came so late in their career. Maybe like a Kid Yamamoto would be a good comparison of someone that we've talked about recently. You know, we, we didn't get the best of Ben Askren in the UFC. Now, I don't know if that means he would have been some great, great fighter in the UFC because I have my questions about that. But he was probably better than we gave him credit for as we sort of had some fun, I think, at Ben Askren's um, expense. But Ben Askren, a bit of an attention magnet anyway, so if we had fun at his expense, it's not like he didn't ask for it. But he did have a, a very, very successful career and a very profitable career. If you look at what he did in Bellator, he beat some names. Of course, it was at different times for some of these names that he beat, but he beat guys like Douglas Lima, guys like Lyman Good, guys like Andre Korshkov. And then he went to one, and that whole situation of him leaving Bellator, kind of thinking he had a job in the UFC and it not really being there for him, is always unfortunate because that's the time you would have liked to have seen him here in the in the UFC. And I always think about it, that's right when, pretty close if you think about it, right when GSP announced that first retirement. And you had a bit of a vacuum in the division. So it would have been kind of cool. I know they probably wouldn't have fought each other because they're such good friends to see him going up against Tyron Woodley, to see him going up against an in-his-prime Robbie Lawler, to see him going up against an in-his-prime Johnny Hendricks, all those guys that were at the top of the welterweight division at that point in time. That would have been much more interesting than I think this version of Ben Askren that we got. And I don't know the results would be that much different. I've always pegged him as a, at any time a top 10 welterweight. And I think we saw in, in the fights he did have in the UFC, his inability to strike was just a major issue. And something that in that era, you know, you throw Car Carlos Condit, as I mentioned as well, maybe even a, a Nick Diaz for good measure. You had to be able to strike in welterweight at that time. Right now, welterweight does, once again, have a lot of wrestlers. We got this big mid event, if you can call it that, between Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. You know, that's that's a wrestler's paradise right there. So there, there's a lot of grappling involved in the division right now. And back then, there was some, too. You know, Tyron Woodley and, and Johnny Hendricks, as I mentioned, are, are big-time wrestlers. But there was a lot of bruising going on in the division as well. So I think maybe he kind of preserved his aura a little bit by not coming into the UFC at that time. But he went to one. He made a ton of money if things are to be, to be believed over there. And, you know, he's he's a pretty controversial guy. And uh, I got no love for 
a lot of the things he said in some of the podcasts he's hosted and other forums, but as an MMA career solely, I think, you know, my hat's off to him for being able to keep yourself visible, make some money. And, uh, and to be honest, not have to go through as much of the grind. Yes. I know he's retiring due to a hip replacement, but he got to keep basically his early thirties fighting over in, uh, in Singapore and in China and taking relatively easy fights and getting relatively easy victories. So for that, I've always kind of tipped my hat to Ben Askren. Hey, Harley. Remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about somebody else who is probably done with MMA and we've thought for a long time is done with pro wrestling. But none other than Phil Brooks, CM Punk is kind of back within WWE. If you've caught any of the news this week, you'll have known Tuesday night on WWE's backstage show that they do on FS1. CM Punk made his surprise return to WWE programming. He just came in at the end, you know, said just when you ask the questions, I changed the culture. A bit of a play on the old Roddy Piper line. And as we record this tomorrow night, he'll be on WWE backstage Quite a coup for WWE backstage. But what do we make of this? Now, there's the whole thing about him wrestling again. Because he technically works for Fox. He's technically, as you would say, you know, in the MMA space where an Ariel Helwani, in theory, was. Where he was he was, work, he was a journalist for MMA fighting who happened to be a contributor for Fox. Although, as we found out after the fact, he was actually getting paid 
by the UFC. So that was a whole messy situation. And there's a, there's an issue with the journalist on this show as well, but that's not really what we're talking about here. And he keeps emphasizing that, no, he works for Fox. He does not work for WWE. But this show is an absolute WWE production, even if he's not getting paid by them. On the first episode, they had a Firefly Funhouse. They've, uh, you know, there's no talking points, even if it's going to be, quote, controversial. There's nothing that they're going to say that's not somewhat WWE approved. Nothing's going to completely go um, off of off of their main agenda. That's why I think the idea of like a journalist being on there is kind of silly because it's not like you're going to report something that they absolutely don't want you to say. Everything's going to be carefully crafted. And that's what makes it interesting by CM Punk because what do we all love CM Punk for? His ability to just say what he thinks and in turn say what you think or what you've been wanting to verbalize. He is very, very good at that. Is he going to do that? I don't know. I'm going to watch that show itself too is actually pretty good as much as I just slagged on it for a while. It's a pretty good show and I'm interested to see what CM Punk does there. Now the big prediction, does he come back to wrestle? Obviously that's much more likely now than it probably has been at any point in the last five or so years since he walked out. I mean, you're working adjacent to the company you're a guy that wanted nothing to do with pro wrestling for so many years, and you're working on a show talking pro wrestling. So obviously, there's some walls that have come down. And I think there's still wounds that have to heal. I would say it's still probably not going to happen if I have to bet my entire life on it, which is not something I would ever bet on a CM Punk return. But I would say again that it's probably not going to happen. More likely than not to not happen. But I won't be surprised at all if it happens at this point with him being in such close proximity to the company. You know, it probably, probably just takes one phone call and, uh, and, a, and a pretty darn big check. And, uh, hey, pal, you want to come back? And that's, that's how it's going to roll. So I guess, <laughs> as if there were any question, we can finally close the book on CM Punk's glorious MMA career. What a career it was with that wonderful loss to Mickey Gall and then the... Uh, the really awful performance by both guys against Mike Jackson in 2018. It was it was a heck of an experiment by the UFC. It was right in that 2014 time, a couple of months later after that that Hen and Burrell fight. But it was in that era where right before Ronda Rousey really exploded and GSP was kind of winding his stuff down. Where you know they just they signed CM Punk and how how weird was that that all of a sudden you know the UFC signed CM Punk. CM Punk just walking out and we haven't heard from him. And uh, he does that podcast, that infamous podcast that, you know, got him sued and got Cole Cabana sued and ruined their friendship. He's got all that going on. And like a week later, he announced his signing with the UFC. And the UFC took so much heat for that from uh, really from a lot of people. And and I enjoyed CM Punk being there. Like it was the way I liked it. It was kind of no harm, no foul. They weren't giving CM Punk a title shot. They weren't booking CM Punk and Tyron Woodley on the on the next show. They booked him against a guy that got into the UFC basically to fight CM Punk, both guys. Kind of, and I don't want to put a, a, a straight analogy between the two of them, kind of the Greg Hardy treatment, although Greg Hardy much more skilled at MMA than CM Punk. And there's a there's a list of people that you wouldn't say Greg Hardy's more skilled at MMA at, you know, definitely. CM Punk is definitely on that list of guys who have been in the UFC that Greg Hardy is more skilled than. Now, his, his transition here to announcing or to to commentary is interesting. I've said for years on this show that I thought his end game was to be right up there with Rogan and Anik 
and whoever else was on UFC broadcasts. I always thought that was kind of the long goal for him, especially as, as big of an MMA fan as he is. And he seemed to, to maintain throughout all these years. He may have lost a certain passion for pro wrestling, but you never got the hint that he lost that passion for mixed martial arts. And he's been doing mixed, uh, some MMA stuff for the, the some of the UFC Fight Pass promotions. So he has been getting reps in there. I've always thought that's his ultimate endgame. And it still might be. But I think in the immediate, if wrestling comes calling, there's probably you know a little more money to be made in the immediate. And we don't know the details. Obviously, his contract with Fox Sports has to be massive. Has to be something that I think you know the UFC probably would uh, pony up to to match in the near future. So I still think there's a chance he makes it into the UFC broadcast booth. But I think that's much further down the road now than that prospect might have been, you know, even a month ago. But uh, these are exciting times with CM Punk, just to see how that show plays out, how that works into things. And, and the timing is interesting for for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you have the specter of AEW. You have the UFC's push onto Fox. And uh, as bad as SmackDown has been, it seems like Fox definitely has been going all in with them early on, even as the ratings have probably not been what they wanted to be, but still in the top tier on on broadcast television for that night. But what makes it more interesting is if CM Punk's ever going to come back, it's obviously going to be for a WrestleMania match. That's, that's when you would be CM Punk. And you know, this is the, the late part of the fall that survivor series time of year is when you kind of start planting those seeds to bring somebody back again. I'm not reporting it. I'm not saying I have any inside info. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is if you were going to come back to the fold and you're CM Punk, this is the time of year that you would do so. Let's talk about somebody else that uh, that was much more successful in mixed martial arts than CM Punk and probably has a, uh, a comparable level of success, believe it or not, in the world of pro wrestling. And that is one Miss Ronda Rousey, who we have not seen on actual WWE television in almost a year, going back to WrestleMania in that triple threat match with Charlotte and Becky. We haven't seen her since then. But she is on Total Divas. And I have not watched this season of Total Divas. I don't generally watch Total Divas. And I'll, I'll just out myself. I'm a Total Bellas fan. Um, t- don't ask. Whatever. I like what I like. You like what you would like. Deal with it. Anyway. Total Divas, though. She's on the show. And, and like I said, I haven't caught any of it. But it did make some headlines this week. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, you're on Facebook. And you get the algorithm. And these sites that you would never, ever go to. And you read the headlines. Ronda Rousey officially retires from WWE. Ronda Rousey officially done with pro wrestling. Like, like what? Where did this come from? So I checked out the clip, though, because like I said, I haven't watched the episode over on YouTube. And it was basically just Ronda talking to Natty, saying that when she's done at WrestleMania, she didn't, you know, she didn't expect for this to grow as big as it did, for her to like it as much. She kind of thought this was going to be another gig, and she really kind of fell in love with it. But when she's done, uh, there at WrestleMania, that she would be kind of done with things and ready to start a family. Now, everybody knew this. And uh, and regardless of what she said, <laughs> back pushing on some of the reporting, that that's what her intentions were. Everybody kind of knew that that's what was going on with Ronda, that she was going to WrestleMania and then uh, and then probably going to try to to start a family. And we haven't heard that she's pregnant. And I really don't think she is because she's doing uh, some other movie projects and, and some other stuff. And, and she's been spotted around. But is she done with pro wrestling? I don't know. Initially, back when she had first signed, remember they, they announced a multi-year deal with Ronda Rousey. 
I think going all the way to 2021. Now that could still be the case. She doesn't have to be active on that deal. She could just be locked up. I mean, basically I mean she couldn't go somewhere like a, like an AEW that maybe they would con- uh, control her promotional rights. Be that as it may, nice little Vince line there. It, it does beg the question, are we, are we completely done with her in pro wrestling? And, and it's interesting because I don't think she's missed right now in a, in a meaningful way uh, let me let me rephrase that. I think she would make a difference, not in the ratings, because she never really did, and nobody really does. But I think she would make a difference on the day-to-day television if she was back, because there would still be a level of importance to everything that she did. With that said, you're not watching these shows and, and the women's segments and everything. God, if only Ronda Rousey was here to be a part of that. Her, her pro wrestling career that one year was so weird. That it, it was such a it was it was like almost an accelerated version of her MMA career. It was such a meteor, and then it just kind of it kind of flew out. And while there was some ill feelings toward her, she also finished as a heel, so it wasn't like this just please get out of here kind of situation. She was there for a year, but um, even if they did it in a very clumsy way, she put over the biggest star in the company or the person they're trying to anoint as the biggest star in the company. So I kind of think she did everything she needed to do. And that does seem like her perspective. And I don't know that that there's this hunger for her or that there should be. I think that's kind of a perfect year to have. And then you can then you can go away and we'll see you in five years when they when they put you in the Hall of Fame. I do think she's an important figure in in the last couple of years of wrestling. I don't think she's a super historic figure the way maybe they would try to to paint her. I think that undercuts the work of the women in NXT and the work of some of the indie workers around the world and even, you know, the, the work there that they've done on WWE television. But I do think the women would not have been in the main event if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey. So I think she has an important part in WWE history that needs to be acknowledged. But if she's done with WWE and I know she's doing some film stuff and we know she's definitely done with mixed martial arts, we just might be done as a public with Ronda Rousey. And that, and that's pretty interesting because as a public, we've had such a roller coaster relationship with Rhonda that to actually be done with her kind of feels like a surreal thing. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and on every episode of Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic or listener-submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and Yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at S-Y-Y Podcast. That's Stories of Your and Yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. But what do you guys think? I think that's a good email topic over at MMA Livecast at gmail.com. Do you want to see any more Ronda Rousey within the WWE? Did she have a good year? I know like my partner, Rick Monsi, he, uh, he has m- many more misgivings about Ronda Rousey in WWE than I do. And, and we have, we definitely have a difference of opinion there, but I, I want to know, like, was it, has it been a good year and is, should she stay away? And 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 it, should she stay away from a perspective you don't want to see her anymore, or should should she stay away because she had a she had that good year? Leave it be what it is, or you know do do they need her? You know the ratings have been tanking, and for whatever that's worth, does does Fox need her? You know they have already moved Brock Lesnar off of Fox. 
you, you probably need another big crossover mainstream star. Maybe, maybe that's what it takes. Maybe that's how she comes back. Maybe there's a big money offer. You know, some of that Phil Brooks and, and Saudi money maybe ended up going to Ronda Rousey in the end. But like I said, let me know what you think. MMA livecast at gmail.com. Let us know that on Facebook, facebook.com backslash MMA Torch fans, or even on Twitter at MMA Torch. We'll close out by a quick look at this Sunday's Survivor Series card, WWE Survivor Series card. See, on these on these MMA light weeks, we cover a lot more pro wrestling. Too bad Rick couldn't have been on and he would have had to cover it with me. But the the Survivor Series, the uh, you know the battle for brand supremacy, the television hasn't been great, which is, I think is an understatement. But this year's card feels a little bit special because there are matchups that aren't typically seen. Now, part of that is because now you've had NXT involved in the mix, so those are matchups that are somewhat uh, somewhat fresh that w- that we have never seen. And then you just happen to have other matchups that we just legitimately have never seen or haven't seen, you know, since 2002 on this list. So there's a couple of things I want to run down and, and kind of highlight for those of you, I would say the, the more casual fans who maybe have the network, what to, what to pay attention to, or what at least I will be interested in. We've got, uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt, the WWE champion, take it on Daniel Bryan. Let's kind of have a, a one and a half to, to two week build, kind of a weird promo that they did with Bryan on, on SmackDown. But uh, but him and the Fiend, and if you recall, maybe the height of Bray Wyatt as a as an actual wrestler was that match he had with Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble 2015, the infamous Royal Rumble 2015, which would be remembered for a whole lot of other reasons. But that's probably the best in ring match at the time, or maybe ever, that Bray Wyatt ever had. And there seems to be some references and inferences to that feud. So I'm somewhat into that. It's still a Bray Wyatt match, so it can only be so good. But at least I'm I'm kind of into that. The other big men's singles title match is Brock Lesnar, former UFC heavyweight champion, of course, Brock Lesnar, taking on Rey Mysterio. This is an extension of the Cain Velasquez feud, which, side note, can we get like a milk carton on there for Cain Velasquez? Because we, we, you know, we heard maybe he's going to have to have that surgery, but we haven't like heard a peep out of Cain Velasquez since that uh, match in Saudi Arabia. But it's going to be him and Rey Mysterio. I don't recall them ever having a pay-per-view match. I remember them having a SmackDown match many years ago, but it was mostly a Lesnar squash. This is just kind of fun. I don't know what it'll be. We do know that Brock Brock gives more to small workers. He gives way more to, to Daniel Bryan, puts over Seth Rollins, has competitive matches with AJ Styles and Finn Balor than he does to guys like Braun Strowman and Cain Velasquez for whatever it's worth. So it's be interesting to see Rey Mysterio, a veteran, you know, by, by every standard on the roster, but still has somewhat of that Lucha style. And whenever he's not injured, looks very, very good. Kind of looks like old Rey Mysterio at times. Ho- hopefully just Dominic's not involved. Uh, I think uh, that was a good send off for Dominic when Brock Lesnar F5 Cain Velasquez onto Dominic. But that's something that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on. And then the the last one that I'll, I'm really interested in here is the women's match. And we even have a little MMA connection here because we have Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, Bailey, the SmackDown's Women's Champion, and Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion. Of course, sort of pioneering MMA competitor Shayna Baszler. A uh, good friend of Ronda Rousey, which maybe maybe this is it. Maybe all everything from Total Divas last week was a swerve, bro, and it's to make us forget about forget about Ronda Rousey because you got two of the other four horsewomen in this match, 
And you have one of the MMA four horsewomen in this match in Shayna Baszler. So maybe this is it. I'm just interested to see how all this plays out. Shayna, I know the 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 NXT loyalists just want that belt to be off of her because she's had it for so long. But I I don't know. I still have I still have an interest in uh, in her path and interest to see how she translates onto the main roster. And she's not as young as some of the other women coming up. I mean, she's 39 years old and she has some of that MMA mileage on her. So if you're going to pull the trigger on her, you need to do it fairly quickly. And obviously Bailey's got this new, new kind of character, which can be interesting. And Becky Lynch is still Becky Lynch. Almost a year later, you know, survivor series was a big moment for her last year, even though she wasn't even on the card. It was, it was right around this time, the go home for survivor series that really launched Becky Lynch into the stratosphere. So that's something that I'll keep an eye on. Overall, I got to say, if in a vacuum, depending on what else is going on at the time, I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining card. This card looks great on paper. The problem, like all WWE cards, is that it ends up lasting too long and there, there ends up just being too much in there. And it's kind of, you know, it's around Thanksgiving. It's kind of that Thanksgiving syndrome where, yeah, all the food is good, but you just ate too much and you feel like crap afterwards. That's how generally I would say major WWE pay-per-views come across. But for right now, I'm pretty dang optimistic in what we have coming up this Sunday. And guaranteed after the show, I'll be cracking open this microphone and giving you my thoughts on the card. But thank you if you stuck with me to the this point in the show for listening to one singular solitary voice break down the world of pro wrestling and MMA. Kind of got lucky that there wasn't a lot to talk about in the UFC world, so got to focus some pro wrestling stuff and uh, didn't have to be out here for super, super long. But that is going to do it for me this week. If you want to follow me on Twitter on my personal account, Go ahead and hit me up there, Rob M. Vallejos, R-O-B-M-V-A-L-L-E-J-O-S. If you want to follow MMA Torch on Twitter, that's at MMA Torch, at M-M-A-T-O-R-C-H. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, Facebook, facebook.com backslash MMA Torch fans. And do like Brian Bruce did and send us an email. That email address is MMALivecast at gmail.com. That's M-M-A-L-I-V-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for me this week. I will talk to you next week. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com.